The new federal government has decided that it's time to put the face of a Canadian woman on our currency. Of course, the outside of Her Majesty, there are no Canadian women on currencies. We use our former prime ministers on our bills. And it's been decided that it's, we're going to put a female on. So how do you decide? Who, and who gets to decide? Well, the answer is a committee, which, which may concern some of you, may frighten you. The, whole, the name committee might uh, trouble some people, but not so my next guest because she's a member of that committee. She is a former world champion hurdler, Perdita Felician. Perdita, thanks for uh, taking some time to be with us today. My pleasure. Uh, all right, so tell me a little bit about the, the committee that you're on and, and how it's structured, what it's going to look like. Yeah, so I'm one of seven Canadians that the Bank of Canada has asked to sit on this advisory committee to uh, help steer the deciding process. However, the lion's share of the work will be done by Canadians because we simply take the names that they bring forward. And so far, there's been some 18,000 submissions on the Bank of Canada's website for women, iconic Canadian women, that they think we should, uh, we should consider. Tell me why this matters. Why, you know, what, why do we need to do this? Well, I think it's, it's been 80 years since the Bank of Canada has been printing money. Women spend money. They contribute, obviously, to our economy, and we just don't recognize their achievements. And, I mean, Sweden has women on their money, Mexico, Argentina, Australia. I mean, I can go on and on with women uh, from, from other countries who are already recognized uh, on currency, and so why not uh, follow suit? I think we're... It's 2016, no time like the present. So this, this, this does break with tradition because outside of, uh, outside of Her Majesty, the only people we put on our bills are former prime ministers. So we're, it's something new for us. It is something new, and I think it's, it's simply been the status quo. It's simply the way we've done things. Uh, no one's really thought different of it. But, I mean, society has changed so much, right? Um, we now see women as equal. We're now allowed to vote for decades now. So I really think it's just... It's just making sure that women understand that they are appreciated just as much as men. We have fabulous leaders who have contributed to, you know, the fabric of who we are as Canadians. So let's recognize them. And and we, you figure that money is the best way to do that? I think there's plenty of ways. I think it's just one of many ways that we recognize women in our society. And, you know, for me, being on this council is, is an awesome responsibility because what it says to our little girls is you matter. Right. And so these women, it doesn't matter what industry these women come from. Right. Some people have said, is she going to be an athlete because you're an athlete? Is that what you're going to look for? Not necessarily. But I think what it does, it tells this generation of young girls that, you know, their legacy will matter. What they do will inspire others. And we're just simply um, making that a tangible example. It's going to be a difficult choice. Yeah, <laughs> It's going to be a really difficult choice, and that's one of the things. Right now, there's 120 different names if you go on the website. You have until April 15th to um, nominate a, a Canadian woman. She has to be dead for at least 25 years. She can't be a fictional character, but outside of that, she can come from any industry, you know, sport, culture, arts. Uh, it doesn't matter. But it's going to be a hard decision because essentially we have to pair more than 100 names down to 12. Then we're going to have a public survey, so we'll ask Canadians, here are the 12 names 10 to 12 names we've chosen, what do you think? And then based on, you know, the, the voices of Canadians, we now have to take that number and whittle it down to three to five. And it's a daunting task, but I think it's also, um, it's going to be fun in 2018 to take out this ban banknote from my wallet and be like, hey, I had a little bit of a, a hand in that. Yeah. Now, you know Manitoba's lobbying for Nellie McClung. You know really? that. You know that. 
<laughs> See, I don't, I don't have all, I don't know all the names of the women. I will be the first to tell you that I don't know all the names of these 120 women on, on the, um, on the list. But we have a research uh, board and committee that's going to help us know and understand who these women, women are, what their legacy means. Uh, and the seven of on the panel are from all different parts of the country. So, you know, our geography is, is pretty vast, but I've had tons of names thrown at me. And I was like, okay, I got to get to know her. Well, and Nellie McClung would be one of them. She was the woman who spearheaded the movement to get women the right to vote, and it happened in Manitoba before anywhere else. And so she's our vote. If if we yeah. in Manitoba get a, to vote, we're voting for Nellie probably. <laughs> she, she's a good vote. <laughs> All right. Perdita, thanks very much. How much? How connected are you to sport these days? You know what? I'm, I'm pretty good. By trade now, I'm a sport broadcaster, so I'll be at the Olympics this summer at CBC covering some winter events, uh, the World Cup freestyle skiing this, this winter as well. So still connected with sport. As far as missing it and, and, and wanting to train again and be on that level, no. I think the eating's too good on the other side, and so is the living. So, so not as connected as I once was for 10 years. It is, it is, it is so difficult, isn't it, Perdita, that, that the desire goes before the body does. That just getting up at yeah. five o'clock in the morning and doing your road work and counting yeah. every calorie and that your desire to do that goes before your physical ability to do it does. Have you been to the Olympics because you are speaking my language? Because <laughs> that is exactly what it is. It's like once that fire, that cauldron leaves you, it's over. And I, I retired. My last race was in 2012. I didn't officially retire until 2013. And I still had a you know three four year contract with Nike, but I I couldn't take their money and con- continue because the passion was gone. And I remember telling my agent, "Hey, you know this is it." And everyone looked at me like, "Are you crazy?" You know. But but this is the best decision decision I could have made. And you're right. Once the fire is gone, it's it's over. You I could physically jump anything right now, but my mind's not in the game. Could can you tell if you watch pro athletes? Can you tell by watching them if they're if they're just doing it to cash the check? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't say necessarily to cash the check, but this is one of the things when I'm on a broadcast I'll tell viewers is there's some things that the camera picks up so vividly, right? These little ticks, the way that a person's eyes are, where are they looking, where are they focused? And these are the things I try and tell viewers to pick up on. And during the Summer Olympics, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do the same cuz body language and what is what is done um, in those little moments right before the, the star says on your marks um, or whatever it is tells you what that athlete is feeling. And I can I can usually predict how that person will perform just based on what their body and their energy is saying. Wow. So those are the, the kinds of things that we should all watch for. Then is you know if we, in our fantasy pools we should be watching for those things. <laughs> yeah, you really you really should watch it because. Um, most of the times when an athlete is in their zone, they're not focused on the, the crowd. They're not fo- focused really on the camera being on them. So that they really are their true self, right? All the work, all the training that you've done has, has come down to this moment. And you can't hide now and you can't lie. And so if I look at an athlete and they're looking at what the other competitors are doing or their eyes are darting everywhere, that to me says they're not that sure. When you see an athlete looking almost like they're looking down a barrel of the gun and their eyes are firm and their face is firm, it's almost like, oh, they're going to do it. They believe they can do it at least. And sometimes that's all you need is belief that you can do something. Yeah. Pretty that great observations. Thank, thanks for those insights into, into the psyche of the athletes who we all watch and 
for for those of us who who have never been elite athletes, and that's most of <laughs> and that's most of us, of course, that yeah. that there are some of those signs that we need to watch and pick up on that separate the the good, the very good from the real greats. Oh, absolutely. There's tons, and I remember being a young novice, and I had no competitive instincts, and so I was just happy to be there. So I'm smiling, bouncing everywhere. Then you'll see the real elites, the ones that there's a medal on the line. You'll see that they bring a different aura to the start line or to the to the field of play. And so those are things you know your viewers and your listeners can 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 pay attention to and just play sports psychologist for for a few hours yeah. every day. That's why that's why the people like the uh, the Ronaldo Nehemiahs and the Michael Jordans of the world and the you know the people who do it and keep that fire in their bellies for decades at a time are yeah. really the extraordinary ones. Oh, absolutely. I think now being on the other side and now, you know, I've had, I have a dual perspective, right? So I've been an elite athlete. I've been a world champion, but now I'm covering elite athletes. And so I kind of have a bit of a a, a dual role in that I can kind of understand the nuances. And you're right. Someone who does this for 10 years um, is rare, is rare in any sport. Honestly, you know, I, I, I'm thankful I had a career that spanned essentially 2000 or 2013 and the only reason I could do it that well is because the fire was there. And obviously I was talented and I had a lot of support, but it was also because I wanted it. Right. But I also can tell you in 13 years, I saw women show up for two years and then disappear. I saw a woman win, you know, a gold medal and you never heard from her again, but to have a career that you see the landscape change is it, it's very rare to have that. in that. sport. Perdita Felician. Great to have you on the show. I hope we can chat again. Yeah, let's do it. Former Thanks. former Olympian, former world champion, hurdler Perdita, Perdita Felician, one of seven members of the Bank of Canada Committee, collecting names and nominations for which Canadian woman is going to appear on our currency.